I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Rogers Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya. Dylan and I have been friends for about 20 years. We went to high school together. We went to college together. We moved to Chicago. We got married. We had kids. Well, not with each other. We have separate families. But now we get together and we talk about what those kids are watching. Oh, I don't know. Four or five. Four or five. A handful of dogs. A good amount of dogs. dogs. You wouldn't be considered a hoarder if they found that number of dogs on your property. Dylan, are you ready to enter the libertarian dystopian nightmare hellscape that is Adventure Bay? Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture. Rebel and man are gonna teach their dads. Phil and Dylan if they're willing. If they're willing to. Hop on pop culture. Hop on pop culture. Hop on. Friends are gonna ask the kids about books and movies and TV shows. And those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're, they're gonna, gonna hop on the culture. So we're going to ask what's going on in our lives that isn't our kids. Yeah. Is there anything? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know if it is or not. I mean, I can tell you, I've recently found that you can watch old football games on YouTube. So that's what's new in my life. What's new in your life, Phil? Uh, that's not that's not the kid. That's, that's not, not Rebel. Not, that's not um, kid. That's not um, Rebel. Well, uh, we're doing this. We're recording the first episode of the podcast, and that's exciting. I don't think I have anything else in my life going on that isn't her right now. But that means that I got to watch a lot of stuff, and I have some opinions to share with you, and I understand that you have some opinions to share with me. Absolutely. Great. So, Dylan, I would love it if you would tell me, someone who doesn't know anything about this topic, (laughs) what is the deal with Pete the Cat? Pete the cat is one 
Oh, Pete the Cat. There is so much. So it's a series of books. My introduction to it was someone gave us a copy of Pete the Cat and Mal was so attached to it right away. Loved it. And it was good. I actually enjoyed reading it for a long time. And part of the reason I enjoyed reading it is that all of his friends look like members of the E Street Band, of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Usually so in, a, have... in a kid's book, that kind of thing is intentional, right? Oh, yes. And I think it, I think it is intentional. Looking up the author now, I mean, the author looks like an old rocker. So I am sure it is very intentional. And Pete plays in a band with these other animals. What, so... instrument, does, what instrument does Pete play? Oh, Pete plays the guitar, my friend. Of course. Lead, backup, bass. Oh, lead. Always oh, lead. Always lead. So our first introduction was Pete the Cat and the New Guy, where uh, a platypus moves down the street from him, and he wants to really meet him and hang out with him. And then the platypus named Gus realizes that he doesn't know how to do any of the things that Pete's friends know how to do. But then the moral of the story is, hey, Everyone has something special they can do. And Gus's special thing is he plays the drums. And Gus is a great drummer. So they had Gus the platypus. Did they not have a drummer before? No, apparently not. Because they're so that I'm trying to remember the octopus plays the keyboards and the squirrel plays the triangle, maybe. Pete's the guitarist. So there's an octopus, a squirrel. Oh, they have alligator. what does the alligator play? I can't remember. Okay, but they have a dedicated triangulist. But they <laughs> what, don't what else have a squirrel play. <laughs> they don't have a drummer? A drummer. Yeah. Hey, hey. They're supposed to be little kids. Are they, so, okay. Oh, okay. I for, okay, I forget. You know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I'll let me tell you a little backstory of Pete the Cat because I was curious. Because after the first book, people started just giving us more and more Pete the Cat books. And the the tone of them shifted. So like the first few had a good lesson at the end. It was all about kind of finding yourself and being okay with yourself. And then someone gave us a copy that was just the story of the tortoise and the hare, except it's Pete versus a turtle. The shift happened at some point. And my theory was that it got so popular that they just had to write a bunch of other books to make money. So the original book was written by James Dean, not the James Dean, okay, but a different James Dean, and then a musician called Eric Litwin. And so the original book was called Pete the Cat, I Love My White Shoes. And this guy, James Dean, who was an artist, had been drawing a picture's of a blue cat for seven or eight years, compiled a book. And then this musician who lived in town was like, you know what, what if I wrote a song to one of these pictures? And then the guy was like, I'll tell you what, what if we make this a kid's book? So that's how it started is each book included a song that you could sing along with reading the book. Oh, that's nice. So it it was nice and very musical from the get go. But then in 2011, three years after they started doing this, the musician left 
and stopped working with James Dean. Who oh, there's the trouble in Pete land, huh? Yeah. And no idea what happened, what caused that separation. But now all the books since then have written by James Dean and his wife, Kimberly. So <gasps> did Kimberly Yoko the Pete I, the Cat franchise? I don't know. That's what it seems like, though, right? I mean, but I don't know at the end of the day. So are we just rumor mongering now about these children's book authors? This devolved very quickly. We're only a few minutes into the first episode and we're accusing accusing a woman we've never met of breaking up the band. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, breaking up maybe, but at the end of the day, it's made Pete the Cat that much more successful because they've turned it into a TV show. Now the TV show features the voice of Elvis Costello as Pete's dad. So in the first season on Amazon Prime, it's Elvis Costello and Diana Krall, who is a jazz musician, and they play Pete's mom and dad. Well, that's Which is just like, yeah. I mean, what a get to get Elvis Costello. And that's kind of where it still seems like it's still a rock star kind of book. I mean, Pete still plays guitar, Pete skateboards. He's a very 90s kind of cat. He's blue. You know, I personally love the early stories. It seems like they're just trying to make money a little bit now. So they have Pete or a dinosaur Pete, Cave Cat Pete. That's what it's called. Cave Cave Cat Cat Pete. Pete. Do you remember? um, I don't know if they had this. uh, They had this at the Ferber Library, my elementary Mm -hmm. school. Um, There was a Garfield anthology of six different Garfield stories. It was a big hardcover book. And one of them was Garfield as an overweight saber-toothed tiger in the Stone Age. I do remember that. And that's kind of what this book reminds me of. Okay. It's like, it, it is very similar stories to what we have before, but it just feels a little lazy. So I try to ignore that book. But then there's also Pirate Pete or Captain Pete where he's a pirate and he has a ship full of other cats that are his crew. And those stories are fine, but it's just not, it, it, it feels like diminished returns compared to the original rock star E street band where they're all wearing bandanas and like cool jackets and stuff. It just feels, I don't know, not as good as the original Pete, the cat. So Pete, so, the cat jumped the shark. Yes. At oh, some point. Absolutely. And now it's absolutely. too many. There now there are too many Pokemon. There are too many Power Rangers. You've gone past basic Pete and exactly. you're having trouble expanding into the extended Pete universe, the EPU. One hundred percent. But then every once in a while a new book will come out and it'll be a pretty decent one. Like Pete the Cat World Tour, where his band goes on a world tour. And it just talks about every city that they're entering in around the world. And like that factual cool. information about the cities? Ah, not, not really facts, more just like, hey, we're in India, we're going to have a mango lassi. Or we're in <laughs> London, there's Big Ben. You so know? like just the laziest like, cultural exchange that he could possibly have yeah, on this world tour is what exactly. he's experiencing. Or like... When they're in Mexico, he has tacos for the first time. And all right, and the children, platypus... all you have to know about the people of Mexico is that <laughs> one of the food items on the menus down there are called tacos. Yeah, and they're very good. Yeah, but then he has cactus on the taco, and that's There's very so exciting. Cool. That is exciting. Have you had cactus? I've never had cactus. I've, I've had cactus. This. It was weird. Oh, was it good? Well, not exactly the cactus that I had. Um, it, we got it at I think a Piggly Wiggly. 
and it was <laughs> it was jarred it was in a glass jar like how you would serve pickles and it was just thin strips of cactus and i think i just ate it to be weird because that, that's yeah. what i was like in 2000 <laughs> so already that sounds terrible like i if i was to have cactus i would want to have it fresh you know fresh from the cactus farm i've had it on tacos yeah it's it's good if it's prepared it's and it's on tacos the the way that i ate it was like slimy out of a jar for shock value yeah okay yeah Wait, was it salty i mean did it taste i don't like a remember pickle? i mean it was kind of like a it was a brine i'm sure so there had okay. to have been some sort of salt involved uh, but yeah i can't stand i don't do pickles, pickles. So. i don't yeah i don't eat yeah. pickles on birds oh, i forgot you don't do pickles yeah i don't, I don't do, do pickles. pickles either yeah i can't I, stand i it. hate tomatoes but i love tomato byproducts yeah me too i'm the same way yeah that's weird <laughs> how have i never known this about you phil we've known each other for 20 years and now it's finally time to exchange our secrets <laughs> we don't like look tomato. in the drawer next to you you will find the other half of this amulet yeah Fantastic. what else uh, what else should i know about pete the cat he is a musician who is hanging out with knockoff east street band <laughs> he has a a platypus friend who's good at the drums because for some reason mm -hmm. they didn't have a drummer even though it's like you fucking build around the drummer you know if you're gonna do this but they're Absolutely. kids they're learning so we gotta forgive it yeah um and now it seems like it's kind of a cash grab by the producers of this book who keep putting him in different costumes and situations and maybe the heart's not entirely there but it's not a terrible product that they're making yeah that's pretty much it i mean i had to look up how many pete the cat books there are there's over a hundred now. there's over a hundred are you kidding what are these goosebump I, books exactly that's what it started to feel animorph like. books yeah i mean i don't know how many more stories they can they can have you know how but long, even how long are these books because oh, i know I mean, mal is mal is two, two still yeah it's still so two. how long are these books uh i mean it's a picture book so oh okay it, it, you know, they're not like chapters or anything like that. But they also, the thing that I found out recently is they also have like baby Pete the Cat books called Pete the Kitty, which the <laughs> lessons are, are yeah, it, it's actually pretty cute. The lessons are, are more along the lines of like sharing is good. Sharing is fun. That's good. Children need than, that lesson. Yeah, exactly. So those those are okay. But I think the only thing else you really need to know is that season two of Pete the Cat came out during quarantine. Okay. And shocker, Elvis Costello is no longer the voice of Pete's father. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, Elvis Costello and Diana Krall were both replaced for season two. Okay, I imagine it's Elvis... also kind of expensive, right? I mean, oh, I'm I'm assuming yeah. Amazon's known for trying to make a buck. They cut corners here and there, mostly in just like little things like employee safety. But yeah, um, you know, I imagine not wanting to hire Elvis Costello at full price. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. here's the interesting thing: is that Diana Krall was replaced by KT Tunstall. Do you remember KT Tunstall at all? The name she, sounds familiar, but can you refresh? She had a hit in the States called Big Black Horse and the Cherry Tree. Oh, you mean this? I do. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Big Black yeah, Horse so she, and a Cherry Tree. tree, something tree. Like that, yeah. 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 My wife, Amy, uh, that is one of her karaoke songs. So I am very familiar with her. And I, she's a great performer. I did not know she was a voiceover actor. Oh, that's uh, cool. But then uh, Elvis Costello 
is replaced by a man named Jeff Swampy Marsh. Jeff Swampy Marsh? Yeah. Jeff Swampy Marsh. Yeah. I figured you might know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So I I know him. Dude is kind of prolific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's, and apparently he's also the one that has done the cartoon TV show too. So he is writing it, producing it, and now starring as the voice of Pete's dad. So yeah, that that's what I got. Pete the cat. Now at the end of us talking to each other about our selected children's media topic, we've decided to ask each other one question, which is would the other person expose their child to this? So Dylan, would you pose me the question? Absolutely. Would you expose Rebel to Pete the Cat? Yes, I would. Great. <laughs> yep. I, I, it sounds. It sounds. Overall, it sounds. It sounds charming. I mean, yeah. children's media and literature and characters and stuff like that. They get eaten up into this huge machine that just makes so much fucking. Oh, money. absolutely. absolutely. And like, I, I, I'm working on an entire report to tell you about this company called Moonbug, dude. Moonbug. <laughs> Moonbug. Oh my goodness. Wait, watch for that episode, listeners. Yeah, great. There is some amazing stuff. It is being sold currently for three billion with a B Whoa. for baby. That's a lot of money dollars. And wow. they own a bunch of YouTube content like Gecko's Garage and wait for it, Blippy. So <laughs> are you familiar with Blippy, Dylan? I don't know those two words. Oh well, I'm gonna all. update. I'm gonna Iffy. update our topic sheet, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it seems like it's just being a victim of the machine and not intentionally. No poor and quality I, I, for a cash grab, but yeah. And I think that the authors seem perfectly pleasant. You know, they're very active about teaching kids, and seems know. like there's some heart there yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well. On that note, Dylan, I would like to tell you about not a book, but a television show, which has also been adapted into a movie. And I'm pretty sure you'll be familiar with it. It is called Paw Patrol. Now, Phil, before you get started, I will tell you my one experience with Paw Patrol. Please tell me your one experience with Paw Patrol so that I can fill in the considerable blanks. My son has. Paw Patrol pants and a sweatshirt and shoes. That is it. That whole is outfit. all I know about that whole outfit gotten from various sources. That is the extent of my knowledge about Paw Patrol. I know there's dogs, but that's just based on the pictures that are on his pants. There are there are dogs. And how would you describe those pictures on his pants? Uh, they are the dogs cute? Like, they they are they look um, like they're frolicking they're wearing uniforms of some kind they're they small, are so aren't they they're tell. wearing uniforms aren't they uh how yeah. many dogs are on those pants oh i don't know four or five four or five a handful of dogs a good a amount of dogs, dogs. you a wouldn't be considered a hoarder if they found that number of dogs on your property no no not at all no no not at all okay reasonable right so far reasonable yeah. cute merchandise yeah, on children's clothing yeah. dylan are you ready to enter the libertarian dystopian nightmare hellscape that is adventure bay please that went in a sharp left direction <laughs> 
and <laughs> Paw Patrol <laughs> is cute enough, but man, I, I I've been watching this with Rebel for a, a while now. She's into it. She has a bunch of the toys. She's got the shirts, uh, some pajamas. She's got a few things that are Paw Patrol branded. She's got a Paw Patrol water cup that uh, she keeps upstairs in her room and that's what she drinks from at night um but paw patrol is about a city called adventure bay where the only representation of government is that it is either ineffectual and inept or entirely corrupt and purposefully evil and the entire town's municipal services are entirely dependent on a child and his privately owned dog brigade called the Paw Patrol. And they all have different jobs that mirror different, I would say, services that you might find around a city. Uh, there's Chase, the police dog, who's not the leader, but he's definitely the leader. And I definitely keep seeing them give him <laughs> jobs that like police don't have to do. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, go out there and secure the perimeter, but do we really need Chase doing construction work? Do we really need Chase? Okay. There's a dog I, that's I'm specifically gonna... supposed to do the construction work. Like, I've seen them give the jobs that other dogs are supposed to do to the cop dog. And it just makes me wonder, are, are we prepping our children to be way too reliant on police services specifically? Oh, and then like it gets a little that. crazy yeah. because it, as the series goes on, they give him drone and surveillance equipment and all of these tools that we've seen deployed around the Wait, country. They give um, him a drone? They gave him a drone and he's used it to track people in Adventure Bay. People suspected of things like theft or, I don't know, Ferris wheel vandalism. There's a lot of Ferris wheel vandalism in this show. Uh, okay. but that's, so that's just Chase, right? That's just that's just Chase. Okay, okay. so we got yeah. Chase, the, the fire. No, Chase is the police dog. And Marshall is the fire dog. And, uh, you know, Marshall's got the ladder. They send him to get things out of trees. He's got a hose. He's incredibly clumsy. I like seriously, if there is a fire and you have to be using an extendable ladder on the back of a fire truck to get me down from the building that is burning, do not send that dog up to get me because either I or that dog or both of us are going to fall to our death. The dog will probably fall in a very comic fashion and land on something like, I don't know, a banana Sunday. I will probably land on a pointy steel fence outside the apartment building. This dog is so clumsy and its whole bit is that every time they have to go into the elevator to go suit up and go do their jobs, he always trips somehow, causes a giant explosion in the elevator of dogs just crashing into each other. Then they make some light joke. <laughs> the elevator goes up and you see them change into their outfits magically not like sailor moon magically more like cheap cgi okay they were out of sight for a hot second now they're totally changed so, it's fine like 1960s adam west batman where they go down the pole and all of a sudden they go down batman the pole and they're already in their outfits yeah got yeah. it um, okay I, so, I have two important questions before you continue phil please first so the the dogs when they rescue people, are they using their front paws or are they using their mouth? They have very expensive, very sophisticated tools that are attached to harnesses that they wear as part of their uniforms. They have collars with a GPS locator in the tag that also serves as a communication device. And then they've got these backpacks on and they go, woof, 
net and then the police dog will shoot a net out to catch someone trying to commit suicide because their city doesn't have proper garbage services and they're living in squalor that's not been in an episode but i imagine that that is what happens between episodes okay Um, so second question so they're well it's all it's all voice activated like it's seriously the amount of money that writer has to have to finance this operation if they just put that into local municipal government adventure bay would not need the paw patrol it would be a lot safer it would probably be cleaner i'm just saying this is the fact of the reality of this world that they have built so the inspector gadget dogs are yeah that, all of them the, all of them are inspector gadget dogs uh, sky okay. she sky is a girl dog you can tell because her costume is pink and she's like oh, a pilot she can fly raised. she's got a helicopter they all have vehicles dude they all have vehicles and it's just to sell toys okay yep. so marshall's got a fire truck chase has a police cruiser he's got an even scarier police cruiser that after he gets his drone equipment he's got an even scarier police cruiser that he drives around in uh sky has an airplane that can turn into a helicopter or sometimes it's both sometimes it's neither zuma who's the other girl but you can't tell because they never say zuma's pronouns and uh, mm-hmm. zuma's not pink but zuma's kind of <laughs> zuma's kind of written off zuma is the coast guard literally the coast guard zuma's job is to like protect people on the water and the beach and then there's oh there's two more dogs there's two more dogs so we've had sky we've had marshall we've had zuma we've had chase and now we've got let's go with rubble which rhymes with my daughter's name rebel so on the mm. playground all these kids are like wait rubble like in paw patrol and she's like no it's rebel oh yeah and then they get over it and they're friends and it's it's nice to see you know toddlers yeah. rebounding so, real quick one last question phil mm-hmm. are they saving people or they're are saving- they saving animals both sometimes they're saving people sometimes so they're saving the people animals. live in the town is yeah, that people is that live what... in the town you've got okay. your regulars you've got mayor goodway who is this picture of you know ineffectual government she has a pet chicken she is kind of silly she concerns herself not with the serious weighty matters of state and administration but with things like getting the town a ferris wheel the other representation of government that you have in this show is mayor humdinger mayor humdinger is the mayor of foggy bottom and he just shows up and he's got an identical brigade of cats to Paw Patrol. Uh, mm. It's like Mirror Universe Paw Patrol. Instead of the mayor being a black woman, it's a white guy in a top hat and a twirly mustache. And instead of a dog brigade helping and saving everyone, it's a cat brigade fucking up everyone's shit any way mm. that they can. So this this show is not only pro-police, it is also pro-dog. It seems to be. It's pro-dog. It's pro-police. It's like anti-government slightly. I don't know if they are intending to do this, but ultimately this is the effect. I see. All right. So there's two other there's two other pups. Now two. There's so two there's other pups. Six. There's Rocky, okay. who's the recycling pup, like waste management. So like waste management, you've got police services, you've got fire services, you've got air rescue, you've got Coast Guard, you've got waste services in Rocky. Rocky drives around this like modified recycling truck. Oh, and apparently they can recycle every single thing in Adventure Bay. I get yelled at if I put a pizza box with too much <laughs> grease in the recycling. Yeah, absolutely. But, they let a dog just like go in there and do it. Rocky's whole thing is that they hate getting wet and they love trash and junk and stuff like that. 
Okay. Um, and then the last one, we, 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 we talked about Rubble. Rubble is a construction dog. Rubble, oh, Rubble is the construction Rubble dog. is That's... an English bulldog, and Rubble is like the funny, heavier-looking one who's super into food, so that's a nice uh... trope that I'm glad they're keeping alive. Uh... He has a construction vehicle that can be either like a backhoe or a bulldozer or a crane or whatever he needs it to be as his main vehicle. And all of these vehicles are presented in the episode every episode like they're being presented like oh wouldn't it be cool if you had a toy mm. that was exactly this by the of way course. we sell toys that are exactly this of course yeah and then you start wondering about you know how does writer finance all this because he's always got the right tool for the job they don't have just mm-hmm. a lighthouse in adventure bay that serves as their high-tech headquarters they also have a mobile sea boat and then they've got multiple individual vehicles for every dog and for rider and riders just like this kid who's like hey pups okay here's the plan this little girl is hanging for her life from this cliff while these coyotes are viciously snapping at the tree root that's supporting her i'd estimate she's got about two minutes of strength left before she plummets oh, to her no. doom so zuma we're gonna have you fly over to the cliff edge and try to maybe scare the coyotes away this is not a real episode it's much tamer than this i'm just sort of going off um but he like sits there and assigns them jobs and every time they're given a job first of all when he summons them their collars blink and they all stop what they're doing immediately and i find this very creepy they go rider needs us and then they run to the elevator and then marshall trips up and rolls into them and causes a big kerfluffle and they make a joke and then they go up and they're all in uniform and then as soon as they're given their mission they all have a catchphrase and i'm starting to think that rider used some sort of pavlovian training to give them a command and then they have to repeat this catchphrase and they just do it empty every time because it doesn't matter that it's inappropriate for them to be doing they're trying to save someone's life they're trying to stop a volcano from destroying the town this is not the time to say chase is on the case this is not the time to say this puppy has gotta fly yeah i don't even know what zuma's catchphrase is something like i'm here too so this sounds to me like a a three-way combination of power rangers Inspector Gadget and Justice League. That's not that off. Yeah, that's not that far off. That's actually that's a pretty decent you know, summation. I've, it's got all those elements. Yeah. And then it's poured into a children's mold. It's specifically designed to sell toys. It's not a particularly interactive show. It's not lose mm-hmm. clues. It's not lays in the monster machines where it's hey, yeah. if you see X, say X. It, yeah. There's no mm-hmm. interaction in the show. The pups get into a situation, they use their unlimited resources and funding to solve the problem, and we're all just left with the impression that, hey, we're better that all of these services have been privatized and the jobs given to literal dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that said, Dylan, do you think you are going to introduce Mal to Paw Patrol anytime soon? Well, here's the thing, Phil on purpose no but i also know (laughs) that it is kind of an inescapable thing right now i mean every other dad i've talked to has been like oh paw patrol like why are we still watching this and we haven't yet that being said as soon as he starts going to daycare i have a feeling paw patrol is going to become a massive part of our lives and I am not looking forward to it at all. Oh, so man. am I going to introduce him to it? No. Will it happen? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, Paw Patrol in this case right now, the way you just described it, feels like COVID. And that, no, yeah. we're not going to intentionally expose our child to this, but they're going to have to start school sometime. And we're going to have to live with the consequences of everyone else's decisions. Yeah, so. exactly. Now, as you were talking, I remembered one other thing about Paw Patrol. And that was during the, the social justice protests last summer a lot of the shows on tv whether it was like brooklyn 99 or law and order brooklyn 99 which, straight up was like hey you know what uh i think we're just gonna shut down now exactly well they threw out all their episodes that they had written and rewrote a last season based around it but paw patrol was one of those that i i thought was canceled because of it because they didn't want to keep going forward do you know anything about that did I don't that think that they will never stop making Paw Patrol until Paw Patrol stops making money. And I don't see that happening anytime soon, even in the mm-hmm. movie, because mm-hmm. they made a movie. It's streaming on Paramount Plus if you want to you know, oh, yeah. have a bad day. But no, uh, I'm good. Tyler Perry is in the movie. Kim Kardashian is in the movie. Randall Park is in the movie. They've got okay. all sorts of big names doing voices of like those Randall people. Yeah. yeah, Of those people, Randall Park is the one who I think did the best job. Yeah, um, well, that makes sense. <laughs> but but they uh, they joke in there. They're like they they go to a brand new city, and they set up a brand new skyscraper office that's literally just entirely them with a ramp that they can drive their emergency vehicles down. Okay. And they they ask when they go inside, "Hey, how did you pay for all of this?" And Ryder like winks to the camera and says, "Official merchandising." Oh boy! And then you go, and they've got that exact. They've got literally just like a a model, a perfect toy model of that building from the movie at target it's like 150 bucks and i can't ever let rebel see it because i'm still trying to teach her what money is (laughs) i'm still trying to learn myself what money is phil so i uh, money is an imaginary force that much like gravity keeps us all down (laughs) that's right that's right so this really is just a marketing scheme to sell toys and this one, this one feels particularly strong us, with that, and maybe open yeah. to the idea of privatized, you know, government services. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's 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 not overt, it's subtle, but it's there. I think about it because I think about everything that you know she's watching. Yeah. Well, Phil. Well, Dylan. What are you going to watch this week with with Rebel? Oh, this week we're watching Sonic 2 on Paramount Plus and Sonic ah, 1. We're watching them both like go. back to back, depending on if it's raining or not. She loves Perfect. those movies. I love those movies. I'm excited to tell you in a later episode when we talk more about Sonic the Hedgehog specifically, the, the horrible decision we made as parents to take her to a 4DX showing of that. Oh, boy. Okay. What are, what are you going to watch next? What are, you, what are y'all going to watch next? Well, it's mostly Pooh Bear around here. So, did you see is... the trailer for I the Pooh horror movie? Did. I did. Blood and Honey. Blood He's and public Honey. Public domain now, so that's what's happening. Exactly. He took oh. off the red shirts. We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on. Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.